0: We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nkhami, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of my very own beauty brand, Carmela Cosmetics, and business consultant. This is We Are Women, Beauty Redefined, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast features different women whose names you probably recognize. You've seen them, been following them, and might even think that they've always had it together. Listen in to hear the women you know and love share their journeys with self-acceptance and self-love, discovering their unique beauty and confidence in a society that for so long has focused on exemplifying a specific beauty standard. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night and We Are Women, Beauty Redefined. If you've been part of our community for a while, you know that I am a huge fan of self-care, feeling and looking our best from the inside out. I am so excited to share with you part of my own wellness journey with a wonderful studio that truly focuses on you becoming your healthiest self inside and out. This podcast episode is sponsored by Olivia Wellness, a wellness studio that I've been going to for close to a year now, and I'm a huge fan of. We all want to feel and look our best from the inside out. That means glowing skin, a healthy immune system, increased energy, and less bloating and inflammation. Olivia Wellness is a wellness studio located in Herald Square in Hoboken, New Jersey, dedicated to detoxification and self-care with services in colon hydrotherapy and lymphatic drainage. Colon hydrotherapy is used to eliminate toxins, leading to a healthier body and reduced inflammation from the inside out. Paired with Olivia's signature 60-minute lymphatic drainage massage, and you're in for a relaxing day of detoxing. You deserve to feel your best. Visit oliviawellness.co, that's A L I V I O W E L L N E S dot C-O, and use code carmela 10 for $10 off an individual service. I am so excited for tonight's interview featuring B.D. Deitch, who is a wife, mother, and Israeli national champion in the marathon and half marathon, and is currently chasing the Olympian dream. During this interview, BD shared with me why she chose running as her means of exercise, and how when she first started running, she actually had no plans of becoming a professional runner. BD shares her story of how she became a pro athlete and owns her uniqueness in the process, being proud of who she is, including running in a skirt during marathons. She spoke about how she balances putting herself out there in a way that feels comfortable to her in a world that's all about self-promotion. Beattie shared her priorities and spoke about how living in the public eye has affected her, how she encourages herself on the days that she doesn't feel great with her performance, and why she shares her hard days on social media. Beattie spoke about involving her kids in her running career and why she makes sure not to compare herself to others. BD also spoke about the times in her life when she struggled with unhealthy behaviors and her perspective on getting the help she needs to be her best self. Let's dive on in. I was just like really active, um,
1: always needing to kind of push the limit a bit, like probably scaring my parents way too much, like always needing to do one more thing, like climb a little higher in the jungle gym, climb that tree, jump off that cliff like i have tons of energy um super friendly lots of fun um outgoing loved people and i really always felt like this desire to from an early age like i can remember even from 4th grade like this desire to share the beauty of judaism with the world so i just felt like i'm so blessed to be to be Jewish, to be part. And, and it was like something that was so intrinsically part of me. And I wanted to share that with, with everyone.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. So when did you start seeing that dream come to fruition?
1: So I took a lot of active steps because like, you know, from when I was in, when I was in ninth grade in high school, I was like, I remember I went rollerblading in Central Park before like the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. And I was like handing out um, Shanatova cards, like you know, and asking people if they wanted like an apple and honey. <laughs> and then I went and like specifically worked with a lot of programs, like as a ba- as a babysitter, day camp counselor for for families who went on these like you know retreats. And then I went to Russia to work with Jewish kids um, in summer camp and over the winter. And I worked in day camps in the summer for kids who came from be- like background, you know, n- no background with Judaism. And it was always like something that I was super passionate about, but the coolest part was just when I was able to see the intersection of these two passions of, you know, exercise, running, fitness, and my uh, passion for Judaism come together. And as a professional runner and with a platform I have, I've been able to use it as an opportunity to continue to share like my love for Judaism with the world in a more, you know, impactful and meaningful way.
0: For sure. Yes. It's always so inspiring seeing you running in your modest attire. It's so cool to see because also, first of all, you're actually losing a little bit. It's a disadvantage for you, right? When you're running to wear a skirt and long sleeves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely losing some time over the course of the marathon. And like the past two years, I have been very focused on a very specific time. So it's making a difference. I know it. Um, but I don't think about that when I'm running at all.
0: Right. Wow. So what got you, let's backtrack a little bit. What got you into running in the first place? Um, well, as I said,
1: I was always, you know, active, enjoyed moving exercise as a, as a, you know, girl and in high school. And then I got married pretty young and I started a family and I had like four kids and six years and I realized I hadn't exercised at all over those six years, and I was just completely out of shape. And I really felt it and I wanted to change. So I said to my husband, like, that's it. I'm running a marathon. And that was six years ago. Um, I always say it was the best decision I've ever made. And I've never looked back. But really, I chose running because it was just something that was, you know, easy, free, On my own time um, and as a busy mom of really little kids, like my baby was like nine months at the time and I was working, I just needed something that was like no stress. Like even a gym to me was like stressful because I'd have to make sure to show up at a class on time. And like, I didn't even have extra money for like a gym membership. So like running was the best thing to do.
0: Right. That makes sense. Um,
1: Yeah, it's, and I, I'm. I get more and more addicted and, you know, excited about it by the day. <laughs> it just, it just grows on me. <laughs> I have not fallen out of love since.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So did you ever dream that you would become a professional runner, that you would actually compete professionally?
1: No, like not at all. It was so wild when, you know, I started getting, um, more serious and just realizing my potential and you know that was about 3 years ago I won the Israeli national marathon championships and that's when like the door opened and I realized it was a possibility but I was like
0: shocked and blown away wow wow so okay so let's talk about the trajectory of of that happening so you won that marathon then what happens
1: um well basically I actually ran like the fifth fastest time ever for an Israeli um in 2019 I ran 242 and it was actually a crazy race because I um ended up cutting 6 minutes off my time in the second half of the marathon which is very uncommon but I got a call from the Israeli Olympic Committee and they pretty much told me that you know because I had run that time um which I hadn't even known was significant um, it I was originally aiming for the 2016 Olympic qualifying standard, which was 245, but basically Olympic years it had switched off between 237 and 245. So that was like somewhere in the middle. They said we want to invite you to train you know as part of the Israeli Olympic team and they started to give me a little bit of sponsorship and so I thought it w- I asked my um, rabbi and mentor if he thought it was a good idea for me to pursue this because, I didn't know anyone in my community or circles whose like whole job was to be an athlete. It's kind of like, um, just not the norm at all. And he really encouraged me to run with it. And so I made a, you know, I, I was working for a big Jewish nonprofit foundation and I gave them like six months notice and over the, you know, and then I just like really dove into running and. I got a coach like as part who's who's very experienced in athletics in Israel and I set goals and made a plan. And you know, it's been a wild ride
0: since <laughs> Wow. That's amazing. And you've gotten some big sponsorship. So I, I know the self-promotion is not always so comfortable, but I would love for you to tell everyone, you know, like the sponsorships that you've gotten.
1: Well, actually it's funny because I I think people think things like see things, see one thing, but it's not always actually the case. Like I have done a campaign with Adidas and I was featured on a billboard in Israel, which was definitely really cool. And um really exciting as a Orthodox observant Jewish woman. Uh, many women reached out to me, and just told me that it was so powerful for them to like have that visibility and see a woman in a skirt on a billboard, like as an athlete, but I don't actually have any official contract with Adidas right now. Um, unfortunately in Israel, just like because of how small we are, we don't have so many opportunities with shoe companies and other running companies to get real sponsorships. So that is something that I'm very motivated right now to change, but um, it's going to take time. And I personally have to get to like another level to even be able to get certain sponsorships. So I'm, I'm working there. I'm working on it. I have those goals in mind.
0: Right. I mean, even that, though, that's huge. The billboard and getting that, you know, being part of the campaign for you. That's 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 amazing.
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely just, you know, I, I was surprised because they contacted me and they told me that this is what they want to like highlight about me. The fact that I am an observant, you know, Jewish mom who dresses modestly. So I thought that was really cool
0: it is really cool. And it just goes to show that, you know, very often we get self-conscious about the things that make us different, you know, and the way that we look, but it's our advantage. It's our gift. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I definitely think that you need to own your unique uniqueness, you know, and if there's something that you stand out with, like be proud of it. And, um, I always say when you respect yourself, other people respect you. And it's clear, like no one has ever made one negative comment to me about the fact that I look a little different and frankly, strange, <laughs> at, you know, standing at the start line of the marathon. Like, I don't look like any other professional runner there, but like, everyone's pretty cool about it. I, I even, I usually get compliments for my skirt. So
0: well, have you ever felt self-conscious about it?
1: <laughs> if you ask my family, like, have I ever felt self-conscious about anything? Like, no, I'm just, I'm just not like that. No, I I mean I I own whatever I'm doing it's like wear your skirt and rock it so like I I've showed up to races in like a bright highlighter yellow like head covering because like it's cool you know got to do something fun with it right
0: <laughs> that's so funny were you always like that were you always you know self-confident and did, did you always have a healthy self-image growing up
1: I was definitely I'm definitely very blessed with a healthy dose of self-confidence and I just feel like I always felt so comfortable in my skin. Like I am very sensitive and conscious of overpromotion. Like it like really rubs me the wrong way. Like to me confidence is just like being really comfortable with yourself and like knowing who you are and your strengths. I really like and I see today, like people who are successful at building a brand are the people who like really put themselves out there. And sometimes like, it's almost like too much for me. Like I'm, I'm. it just strikes me as like too aggressive, too promotional, too much putting yourself out there. Cause I very, I, I don't know. I just think like, if, if you know who you are, you can like own it quietly. Like a lot of what I love about running is like, the professional runners, like, they're really humble. Like they work really hard. They like put their head down and they grind every day. And like, they don't talk about it to anyone else. Like no one needs to know what you're doing. And you just like, you show up and you get the job done. And and, and that's kind of what resonates with me.
0: Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I mean, you're the same way. So how, how do you, especially in a world that's all about self-promotion, right? And Instagram, social media, how do you balance that aspect of privacy and also putting yourself out there? It's a tough
1: balance to, you know, always have, but I think that when like your priorities are clear and you, you, you keep that in mind, then you're going to be conscious of it in whatever you're sharing. So obviously I'm a very real person and I have a very authentic voice and I create a very, you know, deep, real connection with, with anyone who engages with me. That's just who I am. But there are certain things that it's so, you know, ingrained in me that this is just this is just not for public, like it's not what you put out publicly. And also that when you are putting anything out publicly, and especially with social media today, you have such a far reach, you have no idea who is going to read it and how they're going to take it. So that means you have that much more responsibility with what you say, with how you show yourself and especially if you're in a position that people look up to you or respect you or and you have a platform and you have young, you know, followers and they're really like looking to you to to model their own life. So then you have even more responsibility. So I take it very seriously. And if I ever have a question, like then I'll I'll backtrack like I won't put it up because I realize like if it's even coming up to me for a question, then like better not do it, you know. Yeah. So those are my guidelines, I guess.
0: Right. Right. It's about, I mean, it sounds to me like you're saying that it's really about trusting your gut and what your comfort level is and kind of ignoring what everyone else is doing, just deciding what's right for you.
1: I I think that's a big part of it. I do really believe that you need to have mentors and, you know, someone who's like in a different perspective who you can bounce questions off of and a person who really you trust and who knows your standard standards and can like make sure you're holding you know holding yourself to them um that's that's like crucial for me i i have my own mentors you know and rabbis who ask questions to, and then i also have just people who friends of mine who are on instagram who could ever like tell me if i you know they saw something i said or did that was like kind of out of line like I have people there to have my back and I appreciate that
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So how has becoming a professional runner in the public eye affected you? You know, what challenges have, have you, have you overcome throughout the process? Well,
1: there's two parts of that. There's like the professional runner and the public eye, but since you put it together, I'll focus on the public eye. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was thinking, cause like running challenges is like, I could go on and on. There's a lot to that, but I would say I never wanted to be famous. I still really like don't. I'm I'm very, as I said, I'm comfortable in my skin. So I don't have a problem. Like I love people. And I love the fact that I can share this journey and connect with so many people in a real way. But what is hard for me is like, I don't know, I sometimes just feel like so many people want a piece of me. So many people want to talk to me. So many people want to like, want me to, you know, help them in some way. And And I don't know, sometimes it's just too much. Like, i i i kind of i i love i am so you know outgoing and extroverted and really do deeply love people but then you have to be able to like separate it out and and i i i don't like letting people down so sometimes it's like hard because there's also you know in a way instagram could be a potential like business model for me but i'm like i i only just want to help other people so i'm constantly like oh someone reach you know messages me like oh can you share this like I can't be like, oh well, I char-. It's hard for me to be like, oh, I charge for store for my stories. It's like they're a new small business and they need support. And just like so many people have supported me, I should support them. And then it just grows and grows and grows. So that part of it is a little bit challenging. And you know, I think my ki- like, I'm a mother of young kids, and and I always remind myself they're my top priority. Even though they share with me, share me with a lot of the world, I don't want them to feel like people are taking. A- me away from them you know yeah well I don't know if you relate like you you have an Instagram platform and you know you probably have people and you you have a lot of customers and clients they are taking care of so I think it just sometimes can get to be a lot and also the fact that it's like virtual I don't know if, if that like makes a difference to you just feeling like people can reach out to you like all times of day and night you know yes
0: that's definitely I mean you brought up a few points which is the the fact that you have to have your own boundaries because you know you belong I'm not a mom yet but I have other people in my life who are important to me and I can't be on my phone responding to dms at midnight you know what I'm saying or even very late when it's Inconvenient, you know, but at the same time, it is it is a business. So I, you know, I have to be on. And then the other aspect is is about charging. You know, it's funny because people sometimes think that because they have access to you, and this is kind of like what you were saying, um and I feel the same way. Is they could pretty much ask you whatever they want. They tend to overshare, and and it's virtual because we're, technically we're strangers. Do you know what I mean? Even though mm-hmm. you see us and you hear us talking, and we share you know, occasionally it's still, we're still strangers. So it's interesting to me when I get messages, I don't want to, you know, give examples because those people are probably listening to be honest, but also I don't want to make anyone feel bad. It's just, you have to realize that when you message people like super personal things, like it's like the plane rule, you know what I mean? If you meet someone on the plane, what would you share with them? If you're not going to share this with them, maybe don't share.
1: Yeah. There's a level of comfort that's just like because it's like from one computer to another. Like people feel like yeah, there's you know just anything goes.
0: Right, right. Or asking or again like what you were saying before, asking for advice, asking to share stuff. It's it's really there's a fine line between what's appropriate and then what like based on your brands, let's say right or what should be charged as a as a coach or something. You know what I'm saying? So. I I definitely relate to you and regarding those those things because I think every I don't like to say influencer but it's like every account every big account I think and anyone social- who
1: has a platform on yes. social media
0: you know exactly and and people
1: also like look at you as a model of like wow you, you you've made it to a certain level like how are all these people you know Following you, I honestly hate the whole like followers word, even. Like, I, I it's like a pet peeve of mine when people say, like, when influencers or other like influence p- Instagram people are like, Oh, my followers, I love when my followers somehow <laughs> say hi to me. Like, who are you? Like, Moshe Arbino, like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you should know, BD, it's so funny that you're bringing that up because it literally bothers me so much. It's my pet peeve. I will never say followers, I'll say, me too. I'll either say friends or I'll say our community, exactly. But I'll never say followers because so it makes you sound like who are you trying to be? Like Beyonce, like JLo, Lo, like you had yes. this like fan base. No, everyone's yes. equal. Just because you're, yes, it's your community, and in in an, in a sense, you're the leader of the community in a way on your platform. But even saying that sounds feels weird, so maybe not. I don't know, but you you know what I'm saying? Like just it's, it's a community. It's it's we're all equal and we're all sharing and your followers have chosen to be part of the community. And yeah, I I agree. I I don't like that follower thing or fans. Like, oh my God, it's so cringe. It's cringy. (laughs) My kids always make fun of it because like
1: (laughs) the number of times that someone has come over to me and said to me like, oh my gosh, I'm your biggest fan. And they're like, mommy, everyone tells you they're your biggest fan. Like, are you going to let them know that there's a lot of other biggest fans (laughs) out there? (laughs) But anyways, I just, I do genuinely, I feel so blessed by the support I've had. Like, it's not something I sought out. And I don't take it for granted that people get excited. And ultimately, like, it reminds me of this incredible, you know, mission that I'm on. And really, it's to encourage women uh, wherever you are, whatever you're, you know, trying to pursue that you can, you can get there and that you don't have to compromise on your values and standards along the way. And that your passions and your dreams are worth chasing, you know, and, and that's all that I like want to share. So if people get that from my journey, like I get a lot of satisfaction for what I'm doing just, just because of, from me. So like, you know, if no one knew, if I was just the anonymous runner, I'd still be doing it. Cause I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you obviously are someone who is very confident. You mentioned that before you're comfortable in your body, but how do you feel more comfortable or how do you encourage yourself on the days that you don't feel so comfortable, whether it's because you haven't reached your goal or something else?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because like, I've gone through a really tough six months, um, dealing with a really difficult injury that, you know, didn't resolve itself the way I hoped for. And it was my fault in the beginning and like feeling a lot of blame about that and feeling really like I'm letting, you know, sponsors down and then also not being able to achieve the goal that ultimately because of this injury, I was forced to, you know, um, step out of two really huge races and opportunities of my career. So um, it was so much to deal with. And the biggest thing that I had to learn is really to give myself the space to like not be okay and to just be sad and not try to like fix anything in that moment and not try to resolve it and not try to tell myself that it's okay because that's my natural instinct because I'm such a positive resilient person and I always want to keep moving forward and have things work out like my immediate voice will come up and be like trying to tell myself already how everything's good for the right reason. And it's going to work out and I'm going to get through it. And like, those are all good things to have. And that's how I've coped through many difficulties in life. But I think like sometimes, you know, if you don't allow yourself to really feel emotions, um, they'll come back to haunt you in a much bigger way later on. And you don't, you can't suppress it. Like, um, if you don't express it, that's what, like, actually when I, my favorite, um, just incredible woman, Dr. Edith Eager, she always says like, when you don't express, it becomes, it's like depression. Like when you just like, don't allow yourself to feel sadness and pain and, and go to that place that's hard to go to, then you're going to get blocked off somewhere else. So I kind of had to have days where I just wasn't Okay. And I just said like, BD, it's, it's, it's okay to do nothing. It's okay to feel bad. It's okay to like cry. Just let yourself have that time. And the biggest thing was like, um, more than even just like, I'm, I'm good at crying. I can cry, but like, kind of just like not immediately rushing to do something or fix something or like be productive, just like give myself the grace that I needed in that, in those, during those hard times, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Right. Since we live in a world that's so everyone's hustling, right? It's it's about accomplishing getting the next thing done. We tend to sometimes push away our feelings, or we just don't really internalize them, I guess, and feel them. Um, so holding space for for ourselves and and really letting ourselves feel is is so important. Yeah, I love that. So I've seen that you you post publicly sometimes, right? When you're going through things that are that are really challenging. How do you decide what you're going to share and what, what you're not going to share? Like, how do you, in regards to that? Because so that's very personal and, and you know, heavy. Right.
1: Well, I think as a runner, as a professional runner in a very public space, I kind of feel like um, it's it's part of my role and job to share the hard days, just like I share the good days, you know? if If I'm still in the middle of processing something, I'm not necessarily gonna share it if I don't feel ready like I feel like that's important for me to do the workforce before I just like put something out there like sometimes I'm uncomfortable I'm with like being a little bit raw on my stories and like if I feel like it's the right moment my brother's really funny he always like will send me a message like stop crying on your Instagram like I can't take it I'm like you know what if I needed to cry today and like I felt like this was what I want like like I, I said it before I'm just like good at listening to my gut like if it feels right then then I'll I'll do that, but I think it is important. Like I'm not relying on social media to help me process my emotions. Like I, I have to do that work. And if I feel like I need to, you know, go to a therapist, then that's going to be part of the process also. I think that when anything I'm going through involves other people, like in my life, if it's something challenging in my marriage or with a child, like that's where the the line stops because it's not just me. So that's not something I would choose to share publicly.
0: Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So going back to the running, how do you deal with that aspect of comparison especially because you're probably friends with these people by now, right?
1: Um I mean I'm not I I'm pretty isolated as a as a runner in Israel because we don't have too many like professional women on the scene. There's like one, um, woman who's like, she's really on another level. She's Kenyan and she trains mostly in Kenya and we're friends, but like, I don't compare myself to her cause we're just like different planes. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I mean, I compare myself, I look at other runners out there and like, I see, yeah, it's, 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 it's easy. It's possible to fall into a comparison trap. Um, I, I, I always just really do focus on my own journey and on my progress and what's like, my next goal and what I'm working towards. And I think that you will never gain anything when you start looking around and trying to see what other people are doing and and comparing yourself to them. Like it's never beneficial. So I don't even really go down that
0: rabbit hole. Yeah. And by the way, that's such a great piece of advice for anyone listening, no matter what you're doing. It's
1: true in all areas. Yeah. Which is why I honestly feel like and if you're ever in a bad place, do not go on social media because then you'll start like scrolling and just see everyone else's like idyllic lives or whatever they have going that's great for today. And you're in this like emotional state and not feeling great about yourself and you're going to start feeling even worse. Like Instagram can be amazing and there are amazing ways that we connect, but it honestly is has so many it can be so detrimental in terms of this specifically because you're only seeing one small piece of whatever you're seeing and everything's filtered. And there is so much to compare to and to make yourself question or think that you're lacking as a result. So I find that like one of the really big downsides of social media.
0: Yeah, totally. You can use it for inspiration and you could also use it to get into a really dark place. (laughs) Yeah, it's <laughs> mm. <laughs> true. So as a mom and as a runner, you know, those are both things that require a lot of energy. So how do you take care of yourself in regards to, you know, self-care? Well, running's like my self-care,
1: seriously. Um, but I do other things. But I, I mean, yeah, I definitely think that running energizes me as a mother. Although when you train at the level that I do, it also exhausts you but like, it gives me a huge endorphin boost and I always feel amazing after workouts. And then um, I involve my kids in my running journey a lot. Like, you know, I wasn't able to go, I I was supposed to be in the world championship marathon uh, yesterday, but I wasn't. So like me and my daughter, who's five, we like sat and watched the whole race and I was giving her commentary on it. and she's five, but we had a great time. And like, I take my kids out on my afternoon runs and um, or I'll, you know, they'll, they'll ride their bikes and I'll run. I take different kids to races at different points. Like I find that, um, it's not just like my training. It's like, we're in this as a family and we're trying to like do it together.
0: Wow. I love that. That's so sweet.
1: Yeah. I hope my kids appreciate it. I try. I'm on, I also, one thing that I've said before also was just that, um, yeah, like, like my, especially I think the preteen teenager age, they're They're extra, um, uh, like needy and a little bit self-absorbed. So, like my kid, they don't care so much about my running as much as they care that I'm there for them and made them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and listen to everything that went on in their sixth grade drama. And you know, I'm very involved (laughs) in their Bat Mitzvah planning. Like that's what they care about. So that's what I always remind myself. Like when I'm training, I'm training, and when I'm at home, I'm a mom, and that's what they need me for. You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's such good boundaries. <laughs> Seriously.
1: It's a lot of constant work. And, and I mean, I am, I'm not, I'm always, I'm preaching what I try and put into
0: place, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, you know, backtrack a little bit because I'm spoken about your running and, you know, overcoming obstacles in that way about, you know, not reaching goals all the time. Um, but I want to backtrack a little bit to the idea of, of self-love and body image. At what age would you say that you recognize the power of the female body and what we, you know, the beauty of it?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's an interesting question because when I was in high school, like, even though I was very strong and very athletic and I actually had my, I got my black belt in Taekwondo, I really struggled in 11th and 12th grade with like eating and body image. I mean, I constantly thought I needed to be thinner and I'm not even someone who's like, I'm not obsessed with fashion. I'm not obsessed with looks. It was like, almost like this like perfectionist in me that just like, I don't know. I don't, I can't even, I can't remember exactly what was going through my head then. Um, when I was in seminary, I like worked out a lot and ate very little. And it was like, um, I, I, I don't know exactly how I turned around from there. Like it, it was never clear to me. There was a certain point where I finally made it through and I wasn't as caught up in it and I didn't get ups and I left, left a lot of that, like need for control with food behind. And then it didn't, it didn't resurface until like, I think that recently I found it resurfacing again. Um, I, I view myself, I have a tremendous respect for my body and I'm incredibly proud of like everything I've been able to like, you know, do with my body. And I see how much like we have to treat our body well, but I think that, um, being in the space I am, there's, there's always like, and not every, not everyone necessarily Deals with this, but I know that many professional runners do talk about it, and I think that I I see how many women struggle with it as well. Like, there is always this thought of like, okay, you know, I could get I could be a little bit leaner, and if this is my job, like, how come I can't manage to be so perfect about what I put into my body and the calories I'm, you know, taking in? I don't count calories, but like, I don't know. You can get really into the whole fueling and making sure you're only eating this, and I, um. I found a little bit of a struggle recently. So I'm going to go back to re-exploring that hopefully with like a therapist soon, because I don't want it to like take over my life again. Um, I think that, you know, in terms of self-love, you have to just know your, know your strengths and know your values, like know, know what, know what, what, you know, you respect in yourself, what you love about yourself, what you see that you're good at and constantly like remind yourself of that. and have people surround yourself with people who also bring out the best in you and, you know, believe in you and see those good traits in you.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: I think you have to be like specific. Like, it's not just like, oh, I love myself. Like, like pull out the parts of you that you love, like go into the details, you know? I mean, I, I don't even know if I've ever actually done that, honestly, but because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, have you done that? But um, I'm I'm sure at some point I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. No, it's true though. You're right. That's what they say, you know? Um, and I also wanted to say that, that you're someone who, as we said before, a couple of times already that you have, you have a healthy dose of self, um, I'm sorry, you have. You've always had self-confidence and loved yourself, but still you've struggled at different points in time. And I think that's very important for our listeners to hear because it's normal, you know, it's normal to have those days, those time periods, whatever it is. And as long, and like you just said, you're going to get, explore that in therapy, you'll get the help you need. And, and there's no shame in that. As a matter of fact, it's actually very, res- I, I respect that and um, everyone should respect that really, because it's when you know, when you realize that you need something or need to grow in a certain area, get it? there's so much help available, there's support, there's help. And, and I love that you, and I appreciate that that you share that because it, that's going to inspire other people to look at you and say, oh, she's perfect. You know, everything's great. And you're saying, no, everything's not hundred percent, you know, with my, with, with your body, you know um, because you, you want to get to that place where you feel complete self-love and happiness and joy um, when you look in the mirror and when you do your thing, so so that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that,
1: yeah. I mean, you're like the first podcast that I actually like kind of really shared that. And obviously, I'm not going to the into the extent of everything, right. but yes. I would say that, um what inspired me to like really realize like right now I need to get myself help again is like I was listening actually listening to another podcast, um rivier R- 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 with Lizzie Savetsky, and she was talking about her journey with sobriety and I just thought it was amazing how she opened up about that and when she realized and it wasn't something that was like crazy like she was you know had to go to a rehab center but she realized it was a a place where she didn't like where it was going it was unhealthy for her the drinking and it was like not serving her well and she decided to get help for that and I just felt like like I realized that about certain things I'm doing in my life in terms of the way I look at eating and like what we're talking about. And I was like, okay, BD, you owe it to yourself to, to get yourself to a healthier place. And maybe really knew, I thought for a long time, I could do it myself. I could figure it out myself. I'm very, you know, I'm, I've worked, I've gone to therapy before. I've worked through this before. I'm so aware of my thoughts, but like, sometimes you can't just do it yourself and you need that outside help. And, I mean, hopefully, I'll next time I'm I, I I share this, I'll be like, you know what? Yep, I I climbed through this part, and I'm 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 on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we're a constant work in progress, like you said.
0: For sure, yes, absolutely, we're always a work in progress, and I think that's that's what people don't realize sometimes, or they they, they know that, but subcon- subconsciously, but consciously, you know, we think that we should be at a certain level or have you know reached a certain goal, whatever it is, and. We're never. I don't mean to depress people, but like we're never going to be, per- be perfect in this life. Like there's always going to be something. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: To- totally. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what this world is here for. When you reach perfection, right? Like you, you no longer needed here. So. <laughs> um, yes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before I ask you the last question, I just do you feel like we like you covered like we covered a good amount that that you feel happy with what you shared, or is there anything else that? You wanna... Yeah,
1: I think it was really good. I really okay. enjoyed.
0: Okay, no, you. I mean, I did too. And you, you're fantastic. I just always like to make sure that someone, that my guest you know, feels good about the shirt. Okay. Um, if you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be?
1: Love yourself. Know your strengths. Own it and be proud of who you are. And like, don't be afraid to shine your light so bright because the world needs you.
0: Yes. Love that. Thank you. Where can people find you, BD, if they want to learn more about you? Um,
1: Instagram, at Marathon Mother, Facebook, BD Deitch. I have a website that's outdated, like BDDeitch.com, but it, it might get upgraded soon.
0: Um. Oh, yay. <laughs> so, a Marathon Mother. Okay, amazing. Yeah. And BD's contact information will be in the show notes. So, if you missed that, don't worry. And thank you so much for joining me today. This was so wonderful to have you so awesome thanks for having me that's all for tonight thanks so much for listening connect with us on instagram facebook and tiktok at carmella cosmetics that's carmella with a k and on our website carmellacosmetics.com if there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review we'd love to hear from you we'd love to know your thoughts we want you to feel heard